0: Welcome in everybody to the flagship podcast live you are looking live flagship podcast uh, here on the horns 24 7 YouTube channel we're doing a, a special mailbag flagship podcast here in the off week I am chip brown of horns 24 joined as always by the managing editor of horns 24 7 Taylor Estes Taylor how you doing
1: Chip, I'm doing. I'm doing all right. I'm uh, enjoying this bye week. I think we all needed a refresh and reset. You know, um, as Texas prepares for the final stretch of the season, so uh, it's been a good week so far. How are you doing?
0: Doing all right. Doing all right. Uh, it's the off week, and Texas goes into the off week on a bit of a sour note. We asked for questions, and they kind of reflect. The 41-34 loss the Longhorns suffered at Oklahoma State. Another look, no shame in losing on the road to the number 11 team in the country. Um, And you know that's a tough. That's been a tough series for Texas here lately. Oklahoma State has the record for most consecutive wins over Texas in Austin. But Taylor, it was the way the Longhorns lost that game. Another, um, you know, double-digit lead lost, and and what you know really was dispiriting to me was Texas not establishing the run in the second half. Uh, looked like they had it established on a fourth-quarter drive that Texas ended up missing a field goal on. They ran it down Oak State's throat. there, averaged seven and a half yards per carry and and then inexplicably tried to throw the ball um instead of maybe going for it on in four down territory and just pounding the ball he had a inspired Bijan robinson and roshan johnson um but texas comes away a 41 34 loser they're five and three uh they are three and two in the big 12 and they've got four games left. They'll come out of the the off week. They'll play at Kansas state. Then they'll come home and face TCU and TCU is facing Oklahoma state this week. Steve Sarkisian told his team, you have a homework assignment. Watch that game. <laughs> uh, I believe it's uh two 30 on Fox and then Texas will go to Kansas and then come home and finish against Baylor. So, um, The Longhorns uh, have to regroup, reset. Isn't that what you said just before we uh, started rolling here?
1: Yeah, yeah, it's definitely time to reset. They need to have, in my opinion, Chip, the best bye week and not just to get healthy. I think obviously Texas played eight straight weeks of games that can be brutal on the health of any of any college program, honestly. And so it's a good week for them to kind of recuperate, rehab and reset for sure, because there's. You know, I think the month of November prior to the start of the season looked like it probably could have been a doable month of games, but I think that the way that the Big Twelve has shaped out and has you know shaken out—I guess—is more the right word there. Um, it's it's really a tough slate that they have ahead, and that they're going to need all of the focus in the world, to be honest, um, leading into this because there's a lot of questions, and I I, I feel like when there's a bye week coming off after a loss, especially a loss like Texas had where they had the lead and then they lost it on the road. You know, I mean, that's just a situation where the, the questions, the angst, the concerns kind of just amp up. And so they really need to just shut out all of the outside noise, honestly, and, and regroup because this, the slate ahead is going to be a really, really tough slate. And as Mack Brown used to always say, people remember November, and people are going to remember this November for Texas football.
0: Yeah, I mean, um, some tough news for Texas coming out of the Oklahoma State game with Anthony Cook, uh, one of the heart and soul defenders on that team, a guy who's made big plays this year. We've talked about the fourth down stop against Alabama that allowed Texas to go uh, kick a go-ahead field goal with a minute 29 left. Then, of course, the the fumble that he forced against Iowa State um, that that sealed the game. Um, and now we wait to see if after these two weeks, maybe he could play with a cast on that broken left arm. We'll have to see. Um, but uh, obviously, the uh, members at Horns 247 have have questions. It's never as bad as it seems after a loss, usually. And <laughs> it's, it's never as good as you think after a win. And obviously Quinn Ewers had one of his toughest games, um, you know, uh, 19 of 49 passing, less than 40% completion rate, 17 targets of, of uh, Xavier Worthy, uh, only four completions to Worthy. And so there, you know, there's some frustration there. And again, Texas was running the football. I, I get it. They ran it for 160 in the first half. And only 52 in the second half, but they they did have two incredible long touchdown runs on counter plays. Oklahoma State did adjust to the counter; uh, they they reset their nose tackle. I still think there were things that Texas, you know, could have done. They could have gone back to their screen game. Their screen game's been really good for them. Um, we talked about the jet sweep. Where where's that with Keelan Robinson and 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 worthy and their speedsters. But uh this is what Steve Sarkeesian has to come up with because um, you know, when the trend continues, when you have lost five games with a double-digit lead in the second half, and the entire rest of the Big 12 has had three of those situations in the same time span, uh, then it's a trend that's continuing from one season to the next. And And it's got to get fixed and that's on the coach um but there are positives and we'll get into it we'll get into um we'll get into the questions taylor and we will have love it or leave it at the end of today's show so uh, make sure you stay with us all the way until we get to love it or leave it
1: yeah all right you ready for the first question chip let's do it all right the first one comes from Esteka, I'm sorry if I am uh, butchering that, but have Sarkin Quinn downplayed the finger injury? Can't imagine the door closing on my throwing finger and having the nail lifted, not affecting my touch on a throw. Yeah. So so
0: for those of you who may not have, um, you know, got all the info, um, Quinn Ewers, uh, a source told me had his uh, index finger. On his throwing hand slammed in a door early last week he ended up losing the the fingernail um that's painful and yeah. look your index finger on your throwing hand is part of the gripping of the football uh steve sarkisian downplayed it yours downplayed it but yours was wearing a glove in pregame game warm-up because of it and You combine that with 23-mile-an-hour wins and the fact that Quinn Ewers doesn't always set his feet. You know, he makes these off-platform throws that, like Patrick Mahomes that you love. He can sling it from any angle. He can sling it on the run. He doesn't have to set his feet, and that helps him get the ball out really quickly. But it also, when you don't set your feet and drive the football, into a a 23 mile an hour wind, or even with a 23 mile an hour wind, it can sail. And I think we saw some of that. So I think it's a little bit of both. I think there was a little bit of the finger uh, issue and the wind. Um, And then it's a hostile environment, Taylor. We talked about it. Mm -hmm. The paddle people at Oklahoma state, that was Quinn Ewer's first start in a true road game. And, you know, he didn't have half the cotton bowl burn orange uh, right. to to lift him up. And, and so, you know, those were the factors I think that uh, were involved there. And I'm just a little surprised again, that knowing that and seeing the results from the first half that, that Sarkisian didn't, you know, mandate running the football like he did against Iowa state. Um, your thoughts.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I think it definitely would impact it. I mean, I've, I've lost a fingernail one time in my life and it was when I was younger and that hurts. I mean, it it really does. And it really does impact anything that you touch with it. I don't know if you've ever lost a fingernail chip, but I mean, it's, it's definitely something. And I think that they, they probably are downplaying it to be honest. And I don't really understand the reason. I don't know if maybe Sark just doesn't want it to come off. Like he is excusing the performance or anything like that, but it was impacting him. And I agree with you when it comes to you know, the, the hostile environment, Quinn years, obviously was struggling, throwing the football, struggling to connect with his wide receivers, you know, just was off his game. He has had that, that one off game. You know, it's the first time we've really seen him have that. Um, He's still really young in his career. I I agree with you. I don't know why you didn't just continue running the football because Texas was finding some, at least big home run type of plays when they were running the ball. Um, I also kind of wonder why Hudson Card wasn't, called upon. I know that, you know, maybe Sark was concerned about shaking Quinn Ewers confidence or something or making him second guess himself. I don't know, but that's another question too. Um, But at the end of the day, I think it was pretty apparent that something going on with Quinn Ewers in his throwing hand. I mean, you don't have a glove on your hand for a reason in pregame was impacting the way that he like the touch on the football um, and overall the outcome of the game. So Yeah, I think that they must be downplaying it. I don't know why they would. I mean, do you understand why you would downplay that, Chip?
0: I don't know. I mean, Sarkeesian, you know, he downplayed uh, Casey Thompson had that thumb injury, and when it was in cold weather, it wouldn't warm up, and it wouldn't allow him to get a good grip on the football. In warmer weather, he could get a grip on the football. And against Iowa State, he got benched, what, seven plays into the game, Um, and Sark said, no, his thumb wasn't an issue when it was. So I don't know what's going on there. And maybe Sark just doesn't like the quarterback to to have excuses if if he was. In, and I believe Quinn was throwing it well in practice. That's why I think the wind uh, played a role in this thing too. Yeah. And, and so, you know, I, I think that was maybe Sark's way of saying, you know, you just got to, we just got to play better and right. we're not we're not ever going to make excuses for injuries but um it's a that was a tough one because you know against iowa state hunter deckers got hot that he was you didn't you don't want a hot passer on the field the way you keep him off the field is running the football well spencer sanders is dangerous in a different way you know he's he's dangerous in that he can get hot passing but if the passing isn't there he can run and we saw that and and there were some frustrating plays that Steve Sarkeesian pointed out uh, on Monday. Uh, Ovia Gofu spying on Spencer Sanders and leaves his responsibility to go help sniff out the screen that the defense had already sniffed out. And Sanders just runs where Ovia Gofu vacates. Um, you know, Jaron Thompson doesn't clean up the hit on on Bryson Green when when Deshaun Jameson's trying to wrestle him to the ground. Bryson Green's a big dude and. And then green breaks free and runs for the game-winning points. Um, you know, this team gets a little tentative in tight situations, or certain players do, and more players need to step up and, and deliver. Um, and that's what I think in this off week, these players have to look in the mirror and say, okay, when the game is on the line and we're still in it, it's a one-possession game or a tie game, Man, we got to crank it up. We got to play our best football and yeah. and demand that of each other because that was a winnable game. And yeah. and so was Texas Tech and we we saw uh the defense make some un unchar- uncharacteristic plays um when they're at home, but the the tentative nature on the road is is just too much and right. So
1: Well, I also think one thing though, with that, just real quick, you know, a lot of times teams take on the personality of the head coach. And I think Steve Sarkeesian in times, especially in road games, when they've had the lead has been tentative as well. It's like, he's almost calling plays or, you know, playing not to lose or yeah, not to lose, you know, instead of playing to win. And I think that Sark needs to take a look in the mirror too with that, because with the team taking on the personality of the head coach, this has been consistent under Steve Sarkeesian. Obviously, it's a different roster, but that's still showing up in road games. It starts with him, in my opinion, and he's got to take a, good, a big look in the mirror too. Yeah, he,
0: he he needs to prepare a second half script. We never see trick plays from him in the second half. We don't see the the, the blackjack Joey McGuire attitude of we're going for it. You know, we're going for it on fourth down. We're, we're on the road we're We're gonna take it to him and and that's why I thought maybe we would see uh Texas in four down territory instead of you know on the drive where they missed the field goal instead, just pound it. You know, Bijan Robinson makes three yards on first down it's second and seven. Okay, run it again with tempo. Just keep that defense under duress. If he only gains three, then it's it's uh third and four. Okay. Run it again. Try and get three, try and get them all, but you know, then it's fourth, run it again. I mean, that, that's a, that's a mindset. That's a, right. that's a, we're more physical. We're going to dominate mindset that has to come from the head coach. You're right. Yeah. All right. You want right. me to I mean, give you a question here?
1: I um, I'll read them to you and then okay. I, I'll, I'll go first on this one though. Um, this is from N mural 2011. What area slash position on the team has improved the most still needs improving, An individual player who has improved the most. So mine's going to be kind of weird. I think that the, the area and position group that has improved the most is probably the offensive line, in my opinion. They haven't been perfect, but I had very low expectations going into the season with this offensive line just because of how young it was. I mean, there's not a single – well, like Christian Jones is the only upperclassman that is on this offensive line, but with so many true freshmen, I thought it was going to be – um a bit of a cluster at times and i feel like it's it's performed better and they're not perfect again they've made mistakes they haven't you know been um you know they're they're not playing like at an alabama offensive line level or any or you know an sec offensive line level yet however I do think that they're they've improved the most. I also think that they need to improve more too, because the better that the front of the the offense is, the better that the overall offense is going to run. So it's kind of a twofold. I think that they're the you know they've improved the most, but they still need more improving. And then the individual player who has improved the most, in my opinion, is probably Jatavian Sanders. I mean, this is a guy that you know he played his true freshman year, but not. It was mainly special teams, didn't really get a lot of game reps. Jeff Banks um, really um, worked with him as a true freshman and challenged him in spring football, You know, basically saying that you're nowhere near where you should be, where your talent level is, and he really took it and run with it. So I would say he is the player who has improved the most this season and probably surprised the most too. What about you?
0: Yeah, I mean, I'll say that uh, the, the biggest uh, improvement – uh, is the run defense last year, Texas was a, was a swinging gate, uh, for opposing offenses, giving up more than 200 yards rushing per game. It, it, it more than five, well, 5.2 yards per carry second worst in school history this year. Um, you know, they're, they're one of the best run defenses in the big 12, number three, giving up a hundred and, um, 21.6 yards per game on the ground and 3.3 yards per carry. And to me, the most improved player is Jalen Ford, who is a big reason that the run defense um, is is so much better because that guy is reading his keys. He's doing his homework. He knows what he's looking for. He's leading the Big 12 in tackles, had the big game against Iowa State. I, I thought he's been dropping into coverage beautifully all year. And... And he had that great interception in the end zone that turned the momentum in the Iowa State game, and then the big fumble recovery after Anthony Cook's forced fumble. So, um, and credit to the defensive line as well. They're they're inspired. They're playing more aggressively. They're penetrating, which is disrupting opposing teams' running game and getting pressure on the quarterback by collapsing the pocket. So, um, I will I will say those two.
1: All right. And uh, I'm gonna take a question here from the YouTube channel here. Um, what are your final record predictions and keys to success for Texas?
0: Well, I said um, before the season that Texas would go, I said a successful year in 2022 would be uh, eight wins in Arch Manning. They've already got the commitment from Arch Manning. Uh, they obviously have to go three and one down the stretch to get to eight wins if they beat k-state i'll say that texas gets to eight wins
1: mm-hmm.
0: if they lose to k-state i think they're seven and five
1: yeah but bowl game there could be a yeah, bowl wins. game
0: you can get to eight wins with the bowl mm-hmm. game yep
1: yeah yeah i i think i agree with you i think that well i would say seven and five regular season is probably attainable there's two home games. So I guess that the two games that I think Texas could win are home games. Um, And that will be tough because TCU is one of those home games. I think Gary Patterson, knowing that personnel inside and out, knowing that team, knowing the weaknesses of Max Dugan and a lot of the players on that team, I think that will play to Texas advantage. I'm not saying that they'll for sure win that game, but I think it's probably more of a winnable game than many people will be expecting with TCU sitting here at 7-0, I believe they are right now. Um, So yeah, I would say um seven and five regular season they could get to eight wins if the bowl game that would be best case scenario i would say right now um the keys to success for texas is to play like they do at home on the road that's what they have to do at the end of the day that's been the biggest thing that they haven't done if they can find a way to do that you know at k-state excuse me at kansas i've been under the weather so i apologize i sound this way but and at kansas then that that's improvement i would say
0: well and (laughs) Remember Texas beat K State last year when Skylar Thompson got hurt, right? And they they went up against Will Howard. Now you've got Adrian Martinez, who's been one of the big success stories in the conference. Uh, after being a turnover machine at Nebraska, he the guy's been really efficient. And he played one series against TCU, went out with an injury. Will Howard came in and played really well. Got K State a twenty eight to ten lead. Um, but then they lost their stud linebacker, Daniel green, who I think is going to be out for a while that, that injury hurts K state probably more than the Adrian Martinez injury. Honestly, they're paper thin at linebacker at K state. And so we'll see again, big game this week between K state and Oklahoma state. Let's see how K state looks. That game is in Manhattan and, um, let's let's see how they they bounce back from the loss against TCU. By the way, TCU has trailed in uh 3 of their their 5 Big 12 victories in the second half and found a way to win. Uh they trailed K-State. <laughs> they trailed Kansas. Um they trailed Oklahoma State. They were down twenty-four to seven to Oklahoma State, and thirty to sixteen in the in the third quarter. Came back, found a way to win. So, um, kudos to TCU. They they believe they're never out of it, and um, and so and Texas Tech's playing well now too with Baron Morton at at quarterback. So um, they could they could end up uh, being a disruptor here. Uh, TCU yeah. still has to play. Uh, Texas Tech, by the way. All right. What's All our right. next question, Taylor?
1: Next one, I'll let you go with this one. Any news on team morale and an update on the Savian Red situation from Abe 91?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think team morale is 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 fine. I mean, they're 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 despondent about the loss and and now they're stewing in it. Um, hopefully no one makes any bad decisions here over the the two weeks, uh, because if they can get their minds right, they can still, um, you know, shake things up here and, and you never know, this is a tough conference. We just said it, there are teams you got to watch out for that can rise up and shake things up. Kansas was five and zero, Um, and now they've lost three in a row. So, uh, but the update on Sabian red. So Sabian red is a freshman receiver. Um, he had a missed assignment in the game and he was frustrated about it um he probably didn't handle it the best way he should have been talking to to Brennan Marion um because it I think everyone saw that he you know Quinn Ewers kind of had to tell him to to relax a little bit but um you know he's a young player he's excited he wants to play We know Sark doesn't rotate a lot at receivers. So when guys get in and they have an opportunity, um, you don't want to mess it up. And so um, sometimes those situations can lead to a a better, uh, you know, more uh, work put in by that player. Hopefully that's the case with Savion Red because everyone um, really thinks highly of him as a, a future prospect on this team so um that's what i know about it
1: yeah and i i heard similar you know it was a young player kind of in the heat of the moment um wanting to see the field more i think and then you know had the issue the misassignment there so i don't think it's anything to be worried about right now from everything i've heard yeah all right next one here for you is From T.A. Craig 15, does a fan base need to cool their jets and trust Sark in the process?
0: Yes and no. Um, Yes. I mean, the yes part of that is, look, Steve Sarkeesian has shown that he he knows how to dial up plays. I mean, getting all these leads. I know this is like if Texas would have been back and forth with Oklahoma State the whole game, fans would probably feel. More like the Alabama game, right? You know, where it's just a slug fast and they're good plays here and there. But because Texas got up 31 17 and had the 14 penalties, you know, they're just and yours couldn't connect with Worthy and the the, another loss where they had a lead. It it just makes fans want to break furniture and kick the dog and all that stuff. So I get it, but this team is better I mean we just pointed out I mean Taylor pointed out the offensive line Kelvin Banks is a monster I mean that counter play he wipes out the the left side of Oklahoma State's defensive line on both of those counter play touchdown runs this guy is is everybody agrees um I'm I'm writing about him a little bit in the insider this week this guy is special and wow I didn't expect this so um, and the defense, the run defense is better. Jalen Ford's leading the big 12 and tackles. They it's look, this is a tough league. You gotta, it's a field goal league right now. You gotta make plays down the stretch to win games. And that's the part where Sark's got to help them. And he's gotta be able to look in the mirror. And I don't know if it's scripting some trick plays or writing something on the mirror to remind him, you know, stay aggressive, yell at the team to be a dominant physical running team we're going to be a dominant physical running team in the second half of games we got Bijan Robinson for four more games let's let that guy shine i mean you know that's that's what i'd be saying um taylor obviously you can't have this continue and go on and on and on they've got to win a game on the road a true road game and and get this thing solved before the end of the season or they're going to it's going to linger and fans are going to question everything they're going to look at every game sarks ever coached and say see he did it here in washington at usc you know and and that's you don't want that you don't want that because look mac brown got off to a rough start in his coaching career and ended up winning a national championship at texas now mac brown was like at appalachian state and tulane (laughs) Sark's <laughs> been in Washington, USC and Texas, some blue blood so um but that's uh, my thought. How about you?
1: Yeah, um I mean I think it it's, you know, cooled down a little bit. I understand why that it, people are heated right now because this trend has continued and I agree Texas they have to find they have to win at least one game on the road because I will say regardless of what the end of the season record is, if they go oh what would it be? They've had that would have, what, four road games this season? True road four, games?
0: Yeah, four true road games.
1: If they go 0-4, that's a regression, regardless of what the outcome of the season is compared to last year, because they at least won one true road game at TCU. And so um, they've got to figure that out. I I kind of agree with you. It's kind of, you know, cool down, but trust the process. However, um, there's reason to be concerned if that does continue. And I think, um, you know, Sark is a really good play caller. I was talking to a longtime uh, football coach over the weekend, and I will say, you know, he pointed out that when you're a play caller and the head coach, it's so much that is on your plate that people don't even recognize. And as a play caller, you're looking ahead one to two plays, not necessarily at what's going on right now. I think what also needs to happen is a Sark needs to trust the people in his headset that are also trying to help him maneuver through the game. It almost seems like he's on an island when he's calling plays, and there's a lot of people on the staff that could help him out seeing what's going on in the current play that Sark is currently not really watching. He's looking ahead to the next one or two plays. That's what happens, you know, and then he has to look at the defense too. I mean, there's a lot of things on his plate. He's got to trust his assistant coaches and the people that are on the headset that are watching every play as they go down and telling him what is happening, what they're seeing, and that should help him in the play calling. It doesn't seem like that is happening right now, Um, especially when, you know, later in games, um, especially in road games, it seems like he's just sticking to what be what the safe play call is. And it's, you know, I think he's missing a lot of in-game situational type of um, plays, you know, that are happening. So I would say that trust or Sark also needs to trust his process and his assistance and their voices too.
0: Yeah. And I, I, I just say this, when you're on the road, you can take a few chances. Yeah. You know, you can bring the heat, you can bring, um, you know, you can you can take a few chances. I, I would like to have seen them get after Spencer Sanders a little bit more. I know he's a runner, but um sometimes you've got to blitz the runner. You you know you can't always sit back there and try to maintain rush or you know your your rush lanes and surround the pocket. Spencer Sanders is too good. Uh he'll find you know he'll find Bryson Green and and so you know, take a chance. Take especially when you're up thirty-one seventeen. I mean, um, special teams play great in that game too.
1: Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. All
0: right, next question. All
1: right. We're going to go with this question from burnt Blood 83 If we struggle to finish the season strong and end up worse than eight and four, what commits could you see start to look elsewhere?
0: I mean, I don't... I'm sure everyone wants to know if Arch Manning is, you know, that guy, I think Arch Manning wants to come and help. And that's the other thing. You have to get the quarterback, right? We've seen Quinn Ewers play well, he's going to get better. Um, and Sark has developed quarterbacks who've gone to the NFL. Uh, This is, this was Quinn Ewers first true road start. His first one, Mm -hmm. um, know colt mccoy had a a good year in 2006 and struggled in 2007 and then should have won the heisman in 2008 i know asking a texas fan to have patience is like you know asking the pope to change religions but it's there are things trending up looking up the key is not letting the morale the doubt get into that locker room and that's where sark has got to manage this thing and and keep them on you know a high um trajectory in terms of their energy their their focus because um he's got to maintain progress taylor i will say that he's got to maintain progress to to keep um not only the recruiting going but the momentum around the fan base everything so that they have something to look forward to uh, each and every time Texas takes the field and into next year. I like watching Bijan Robinson. Every time he takes the field, I told him after the Iowa state game, I was like, dude, you were making four moves to get four yards. Like that was spectacular. Making guys miss in a phone booth, churning, falling forward. I mean, the guy wants to help his team win. You see that every time he takes the field. So give him the rock Taylor.
1: Yes, absolutely. I mean, he's one of the best players in college football. Use number five. Use him, and number two also. I mean, yeah. let's be honest. The two of them are, I would say, arguably the best one-two punch in college football. You've got to use what you have. You, as you said, you only have four more games guaranteed with uh, Bijan Robinson on this on this team. So use him while um, you have him, and give him the opportunity to shine too. I mean, this kid does has done everything he can for this university. He's not getting anywhere near the national attention than he should be getting right now because the team has not played up to the standard where the national eyes would be on Texas as much. So yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, this next one, I'll handle this one first, Chip. You can chime in afterwards from Papa Horn. Am I wrong to think that Quinn's struggles and inconsistency have more to do with him not playing in two years and only having minimal live game experience against college level defenses? A hundred percent, like 100%, you know, I mean, he is a young quarterback. Remember he should be technically a true freshman this year, but because he did reclassify to the 2021 class and then um, enroll at Ohio state, he had what two snaps, how many snaps, two or three snaps or something like that at Ohio state. He he didn't have no. Yeah. He, and he did not go through fall camp there. I mean, he is, he's a redshirt freshman, but playing as a true freshman right now. And so There's no doubt anytime you have a young quarterback, there's going to be ups and downs. You know, you've seen his you've seen where he can be really, really good. And I think that his ceiling is even higher than he has showed right now. But I think 100 percent that him, you know, not playing for two years, essentially, and having very minimal live game experience against college level defenses did impact him um, on the road against Oklahoma State. And Oklahoma State, remember, is a what were they the number 11 team in the country when they were playing that game? this is no scrub team that Texas was playing. You know, if he had, if he was playing, I don't want to say that Texas Tech is a scrub team, so I don't think that they are, but if he would have started against Texas Tech and showed this, then you can maybe be like, what is going on there? But no, this was a really solid Oklahoma State team. They, you know, were um, in contention for the Big 12 title last season. They're in contention for this season, at least for um, a Big 12 title bid. So yeah, I mean, I think that all of that with his inexperience and, his youth 100% um, led to some of the struggles and were difficult to shake. And, you know, it's a learning experience for him. What you hope now moving forward is that you don't see that consistently, especially in road games.
0: Yeah. And as, as Quinn Ewers um, gets more confident, he's going to give Steve Sarkeesian plays to run based Mm -hmm. on what he's seeing out on the field. And that will be a dialogue. And and so when they get into late game situations, Quinn Ewers will start, to, or should, most of the great quarterbacks do. Um, they, they see things and say, okay. And the great running backs and the receivers all will come back and say, okay, this guy's playing off me. You know, let's run this. And there, there will be more of a dialogue um, between, you know, player and coach. and And that could help. Sarkeesian as well because the hard part when a coach gets a lead like that, especially an offensive-minded coach, is to protect the lead mm-hmm. instead of trying to extend the lead. And Sark needs to incorporate a little more of the blackjack, Joey Maguire mentality and say, Mike Leach, you know, we're gonna put it on him. We're we're yeah. gonna keep scoring. And it's on them to stop us and, and cut it loose. Right. Cut it you, loose. Can't
1: all, yeah, no, that, you can't have, the mantra. You can't have the mantra all, yeah, you can't have the mantra, you can't have the mantra all gas, no brakes. If you don't actually show it, you know, in games, you you can't call that your mantra, right? I mean, it's like, a lot of times it's like all brakes, no gas. And when they have those leads, cause they go into protection mode and you can't have that, like stick with your mantra when you're calling plays. especially in road games um i'm going to take one from youtube here chip from pet rooster how much of an impact do you think anthony cook's injury will have on the longhorn d
0: well i think it's substantial that's why i'm like is there any chance he can play with a cast on um (laughs) because he's the guy who who has shown up when it matters most when the game's on the line he he's still delivering um you know, he's all, he's all gas and no breaks. Jaron Thompson, on the other hand, and I've written about this, his play tends to dip when the game tightens up. And we saw it in the Oklahoma State game. He absolutely should have come in and cleaned Bryson Green's clock when Deshaun Jameson's trying to wrestle him to the ground on the play that ends up being a 41-yard touchdown. Instead, you know, Jaron Thompson's, thinks that Jameson's gonna wrestle this guy to the ground. he's a big dude. You got hats to the ball the, the, the thing that we see about the Texas defense and we've seen, especially when they're more aggressive up front when they're when they're pushing the pocket and twisting and stunting, the defense flies to the ball. This team likes to play aggressive. And then when things slow down or a team's coming back, the defense or certain players slow down that cannot happen and that has to be coached out of them blake gideon you got to coach that out of your guys uh terry joseph you got to coach that out of your guys uh because this team should be swarming more to the ball not less when when the momentum is changing in a game and that that's something that has to change
1: yeah and blake gideon played you know, at Texas played defensive back at Texas, he, I would say it's a little surprising, you know, if you, if you know, Blake Gideon, I remember covering him as a player. He was a spitfire. I mean, he, even when you, he would answer questions, you know, it was like, he would be one that would get almost not confrontational or anything, but he would, if he didn't like a question, you knew he didn't like a question. You know what I mean? And it's like, he's got to get that type of mentality out of his, out of his players, especially being the last line of the defense. You know, Jaron Thompson did that Oklahoma state play reminded me way too much of the Oklahoma state game last year with the way he was playing that ultimately led to him getting benched. Um, and you, you've got to get some more dog mentality there. And especially with Anthony cook, if he is unable to play with a cast on as chip is, you know been almost trying to speak into existence i think a little bit to manifest it yeah exactly um you know they they need like 110 percent effort from the secondary and i would say that the secondary when anthony cook isn't on the field gives about 85 percent effort and that's got to change the yeah and they do stuff.
0: have to I, I agree with sark they've got to develop those young dbs where's where's jd coffee where's um you know bj allen um those guys need to get mo you know mo blackwell they these guys need to get developed we saw michael taff out there he's a great story the westlake um, walk on who was the host of arch manning on his on his official visit um and and look everyone's blaming that touchdown in the end zone on on taff that was zone coverage taff was trying to get over to help he wasn't the main responsibility there there was a coverage bust underneath on that so um you know but they, they've got to get depth developed here mm. I, I thought it would be better than it than it is
1: yeah i agree all right here's one from longhorn sd any rumors about assistant coach changes after the season i have to imagine guys like jeff banks and kyle flood will be hot commodities
0: yeah i it's too early to to go there um I mean, in terms of guys getting other jobs or head coaching jobs, uh, the carousel really hasn't fired up yet. That'll happen more toward late November, December. Um, so I think we're we're premature on that one.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. And I, I mean, this is my opinion. I would be surprised if there were offers, say, like with Jeff Banks and Kyle Fled, unless it was a head coaching offer. Um, I would, I don't, I don't know if they would make a lateral move.
0: Right. I agree. And that's what I'm talking about. I mean, if, if, if the right head coaching job came open, I think those guys want to be head coaches
1: mm-hmm.
0: for sure. And, and so we'll just have to wait and see. Cause right now, um, you know, Washington state, as, as I've reported and mentioned on the flagship podcast, numerous times, uh, Jeff Banks would have gotten the Washington state job last year uh if not for monkey gate, honestly. And and that's um that that's really unfortunate for Jeff Banks because he is a really good coach. Um and I know Texas fans are are thankful that yeah. they still have him, but um he's the she guy the I thought would become a head Scott. coach first from Sark's staff.
1: I agree. Yeah, for sure. All right. This one's from Big O sixty one. What does Sark think about the defense at this point as a head coach at Texas?
0: Well, I think he's got to be excited that their run defense is so much better. I mean, they're they're shutting people down uh, in the ground game. Now they've got to make sure that they're not giving up big play, you know, in the passing game because they were really good about not giving up big big pass play touchdowns until the Iowa State game when Ryan Watts went out and we saw. Uh oh, I guess we don't have a plan B. They, yeah. they, they got to like plan E in the Iowa state game, but they did give up a 54 yard touchdown pass. And then, you know, against Oklahoma state swarm the football, but they give up the 41 yard touchdown that proves to be the game winning points for Oklahoma state and Texas had not been giving up those big, long uh, passing play touchdowns. So that, that has to get tightened up. But for the most part, for the, better part of the season um, the Texas defense has played well they've had a couple of stretches um, after the Ryan Watts injury against Iowa State in the in the passing game and then obviously uh, without Anthony Cook although the defense played really well in the third quarter of the Oklahoma State game amazingly well I think they forced six punts um, in the first seven Oklahoma State possessions and um, you know, they the defense did what it was supposed to do. I see all these comments here, uh, in our you know, our chat box over here about you know, fire PK, yeah. And I'm like, now hold on a minute. Texas is, is
1: playing far better than what any yeah, fans are giving it is credit playing for. Pretty obviously. darn
0: well. I mean, Jalen Ford, uh, you know, Tavandre sweats playing better. Keandre Coburn's collapse in the pocket. Morrow Joe, I mean, um, still waiting for Alfred Collins to to get the light bulb to go on I guess he's gonna take over next year but you know this defense is is playing a, so much better than it was a year ago giving up 10 points less per game heck I said if Texas only you know gave up if Texas gave up 10 points less per game they'd win eight games so we'll see
1: yeah, no, I, I agree with that. So here's one from her YouTube channel. Are you disappointed in Worthy's effort? Seems like if it's not a perfect ball, he doesn't go all out for the catch. See Quinn's first interception.
0: Yeah, you know, Worthy is an interesting guy. He's great in a runaway situation. He's great on post routes and streaks. Um, But when he's going to have to go uh, make a contested catch and there's probably going to be some physical contact with the defender. Um, I don't know that he tracks the ball as aggressively as he should. It it seems like he isn't tracking the ball as aggressively as he should this year. Um, and that's, that's disappointing because the guy leads the big 12 in touchdown receptions. I mean, he's a freak athlete. He's a jet and he's got unbelievable talent. Now he does have some uncharacteristic drops, the, the pass to the corner of the end zone uh, on that fourth quarter drive. I keep saying Texas should have run the ball. That should have been a touchdown. Worthy mm-hmm. stumbled. Uh, that ball was right where it was supposed to be and he didn't come down with it. So I, that's, that's something for Brendan Marion and Steve Sarkeesian to, to get on the same page with Xavier worthy. Cause it, it seems like it's been going on for a while and, um, that's not a reputation Xavier worthy wants to gain either as as a guy who looks like he could be in line with some of those Alabama receivers like Jalen Waddle and Jerry Judy those you know speed merchants who've gone on and done really well in the NFL what do you think Taylor?
1: yeah, I think you know it's it's kind of I think a little disappointing at times honestly when you see um his effort or lack thereof because I agree with this question. You know, it doesn't seem like he makes the extra effort to um, make those contested catches, or if it's a 50, 50 ball, you know, it's just, it's just one of those things. It's kind of, we, it's a little bizarre. And what is a little concerning chip is effort is really hard to coach effort. A lot of times is something you just are, you know, it's, it's kind of like leadership you know, you can't really teach somebody to be a leader. If you're not, always you know, somebody that's willing to lead or step up, if you're not always somebody that's willing to give 100%, it's hard to get that out of people. I think that effort's probably more coachable than leadership. But still, I mean, the, so, he's got to have a kind of a come to Jesus talk, I think, with Brennan Marion and with Steve Sarkeesian because he has all of the skills, all of the talent to be one of the top receivers in college football. And we're talking about his effort. You know, all Americans, the one thing you shouldn't be talking about is a lack of effort. And when you have a young quarterback who is struggling, you got to give 110% effort to help him out. And I don't think he did that. I think, you know, there were some balls that were came his way. They were terrible passes. Like, let's just be honest, they were bad throws, hard to catch, all of that. But there were some that were the 50 50 type of balls. And I agree with you. I think he loses the ball, he doesn't track it very well when it's in the air. That's a problem. It's been consistent throughout the year. Um, and he, something's got to change. Something's got to click with him. And I hope it does. Cause I think he's a good kid. He has a ton of talent. He has a very, very high ceiling, but if he gets this, you know, kind of, um, personality of being maybe, I don't want to say lazy, but if this continues, he's going to, people are going to start thinking that way. And I, I'm not saying he is that way now. He's just got to give more effort. Um, especially when games are on the line. And I just don't think we've seen that really much from him.
0: Yeah. And I, I would say it's more diva. Than lazy. Yeah. You know, and that's that you don't want that either because that's that's almost cliche for receivers. You think of Jordan Whittington laying out, uh, making that full extension dive for the football against Oklahoma. um, And that's that's stuff that you love to see because that's the great play with the extra effort that you were just talking about.
1: Yeah, no doubt about it. All right, let me pull. I'll do one more before we get to love it or leave it. Uh, Does that work for you? Yeah. Okay, let's see here. Last one, I got to find the best one here. I don't know. I'm going to go with a YouTube channel. So we went through a lot of our Horns 24-7 member questions. Um, That one's about that. Let's see here. Oh, I almost hit one. Uh, I'll go with one of our member questions, actually. So let's go with any truth to donors slash boosters growing frustrated with Sark, Abe 91.
0: No, I mean, um, the, the is aligned right now uh, with Sark. I mean, from the, you know, Regents chair, uh, to Jay Hartzell, the president to Christel Conte. Um, you know, you've got a young quarterback, you've got a young offensive line, you've got, um, you know, some holes you got to fill on your defense, you've got to, you know, look in the portal, um, for help at safety. Cause Anthony cook is moving on after this season and, and you've got to develop your young corners and you've got talented corners, Jalen, Gilbo, Terrence Brooks, um, you know, uh, Austin Jordan. So those guys got to be developed. Those guys got to keep working. I mean, that's why, you know, Terry Joseph, Blake Gideon, you know the great coaches have the next guy ready you know that's all the great coaches bill belichick you know uh on down um and Nick that's Hayden. that that's on the position coaches if, mm-hmm. if the next guy comes in and he's not able to do it okay what are you doing yeah what are you doing with your guys what what on earth are you doing You know, are you not getting through to these guys about how you're one play away and you better be ready? The the whole season could could hang in the balance uh, based on a play you do or don't make. And I mean, ask Anthony Cook. Everyone's like, man, Texas could have lost that Iowa State. Yeah, they Mm could have. Iowa State was in field goal range when Cook made that play. And so that that's on the position coaches. And if I'm Steve Sarkeesian, I'm getting on my assistants after these last two weeks and saying, you know, and I imagine he has because he told us that they needed to develop depth in this off week. Right? So when he's talking to his coaches, it should have been like, look bleeps. You're the highest (laughs) paid staff in the big 12. You're 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 you've got it good now get this team developed, get this roster developed, get your second and third guys developed because we can't have that. We can't, you know, we're trying to get over the hump here. We're a team that's got a fragile psyche on the road. We, we got to have guys ready to make a play.
1: Right. I would say, honestly, when people talk about, you know, how we were saying just a little bit ago about there's comments about fire PK and stuff. I would say the people that need to be worried about job security should probably be the secondary coaches because the, this is two straight years where the secondary has not had enough depth. Now you can give them a tiny bit of a pass, you know, year one, but they're in year two. Now they've had a chance to get recruits in. They've had a chance to go to the portal. They did go to the portal, get Ryan Watts. That was a huge um, ad for Texas. No doubt about it. Don't want to, you know, ignore that. But the fact that Texas had had to shift so many players in the secondary with Anthony cook moving, you know, to safety to try to help out the secondary. I mean, that's a problem. And if, if we're pointing to the secondary play, breaking down late in games, just like it did last year, I would say that if I'm not, I'm not calling for anybody to be fired in any way, but it's not PK there. It's the position coaches, you know, Pete Kukowski doesn't teach or coach, the secondary, these are the position coaches It's on them. And so, you know, I think the frustration should probably be a little bit more with them. And I agree with you. I don't think there's truth to the, frustration with Sark um you know i and if there is I, that's got to stop i mean let's be real Tech, the only consistent the only consistent thing that texas football has done in the last decade is change head coaching change you know coordinator changes from top to bottom and nothing has has actually changed you know the outcome the the games the records have not changed if anything it's gotten worse sometimes so changing the head coach is not the answer texas needs to stick with sark and give him the chance to see if he can be the guy that does bring Texas back. Um, You know, they give him a six-year contract for a reason. Got I think you've got to let him at least get through year four or five before you even talk about anything because the only consistency, again, that Texas has had is change, and it really has not led to change on the field or change in the record. So starts recruiting well. I don't think Pete Kwakowski is as bad as a defensive coordinator as a lot of Texas fans are pointing to. I think they have really good coaches on you know various positions on the staff. I think Bo Davis is a great coach, Kyle Flood, Jeff Banks, Brandon Marion, Tashard Choice. You know, I would say the secondary coaches need to step up, um, but I don't think change from you know the head coach or coordinators is the right move at any time right now, Chip.
0: Yeah, and you've got to have the quarterback position right, mm-hmm. and I think. Texas fans across the board would say, Oh, yeah, Quinn Ewers, after what three starts, has shown promise. I mean, what he did against Oklahoma, what he did against Alabama in the first quarter, he's going to get used to seeing. We've talked about this. He's going to get used to seeing that three high safety Sudoku puzzle that Iowa State has brought to college football. It's tough. Um, it's he's never seen anything like it in high school. And, and so he's got to get used to seeing it. He's got to watch a lot of film. He's got to get comfortable with it. Um he should be watching a ton of film these next 2 weeks cuz K-State's going to bring that um and and Baylor. So this is uh this is part of the growing process and then you can't have the the mistakes. And people are mad about the penalties. I get it. But up until that game, Texas was one of the least penalized teams in the Big 12. Right. So that was an uncharacteristic situation, but you go on the road, got to hold your composure. That's on Sark. Sark's got to make sure that the team is got, uh, you know, that they can communicate silently, that guys are composed and aren't flinching and making, you know, panic mistakes because the paddle people are whacking, (laughs) you know, the side of the stadium and making it sound like they're (laughs) being attacked by, uh, you know, a bunch paddles. of flat boards.
1: <laughs> Yeah. And it the, it really is loud. I mean, I've said this before, even leading up to the game. I mean, I'm not, I'm not exaggerating when I say when I've had to be on the field for that game, there were for days after literally I'd wake up in the middle of the night and I'd hear the swatting at the paddles in my head. Like I thought I was going crazy. Cause so I was like, Oh my gosh, why is this still going on? And it was like days on end afterwards. So it, it does get loud. It's a small stadium, but it's definitely a hostile environment. They brought it for sure. And it, I think it definitely impacted Texas And needs
0: to challenge his guys. He needs to quit talking to him like a, like a shrink and saying, you know, we, we need to work our way through. No, we need to be demons. We need to be yeah. demons in the second half. Cause right now, every team, Mike Gundy said it, if you hang around Texas, they'll give it to you in the second half and that's got to change. And that's got, yeah. that comes from the top down.
1: That should be honestly on the whiteboard in the meeting rooms that Mike Gundy saying, I mean, that's That's not a good sign right there. Gavin, what's up? I see your comments, by the way, but (laughs) sorry. I'm just in the YouTube comments. All right, Chip, you want to get to some love it or leave it here? Yeah, let's do it. All right. uh, If you're watching on the Horns 24-7 YouTube channel, we will not take a break, but if you're listening on the podcast, we'll take a quick break, um, but stay tuned. We'll have love it or leave it coming up. All right. My first love it or leave it for you, Chip, is love it or leave it. Your biggest disappointment from the Oklahoma State loss was Steve Sarkeesian not doing more to establish the run in the second half.
0: hundred percent. I love this. Um, I was so disappointed because to me, the biggest takeaway from the win over Iowa State was Texas's ability to run the ball against the number one run defense and and grind out that win because it kept hunter deckers off the the field um that's that iowa state defense is legit and then you go to oklahoma state which has got what three starters out two on the defensive line um their their safety trey sterling was out and And you don't.
1: Receiver was out too on the other side. Yeah,
0: you don't keep pounding away. Look, even if you struggle to run the ball early in games, you keep at it. You keep at it. Texas ran the ball for 160 yards in the first half. Then they, then Sark eased up in the second half. No, you keep pounding it. I don't care if they adjusted to take away the counter. Then, you know, what's your answer to that? Okay, Okay, then run a power play to the other side. I mean. That that bothered me, still bothers me more than anything, because you just threw away that progress that you made against Iowa State where offensive line was making the push for Bijan and Roshan. Bijan and Roshan can make plays even if they don't get the push. You've got to run the football. You've got to be a dominating running football team in the second half of games. That's how you close out wins. 100%. I love this. Taylor, how about you?
1: yeah i think i think if you watch that game if you're a texas fan if you're anybody watching that game you would have to love this i think that um you know the run game you as you said you've got to stick to it and when you have the best running back room in college football why are you not sticking with it you know i mean it just it doesn't make sense to me it's one of the i i I just i don't know why that sark goes that way i just don't get it um i don't there's no rhyme or reason. I talked to coaches, you know, after that game, they had the same thing. Why are you not giving the ball to the best player in college football or one of the other best running backs and Roshan Johnson too. Plus, Keelan I'll Robinson even take there. a I mean, screen
0: pass to B. John Robinson exactly. and Roshan Johnson.
1: Yeah, exactly. And again, like at the end of the game, I don't even think Bijan Robinson was on the field. Yeah, that like, why? That Cause yeah, there, are threats in the receiving game too. I mean, they're, they're a complete, you know, package, honestly, and the run, they can catch the ball, they can catch it out of the backfield and run. I mean, they are a a lethal weapon. And it's like almost like Sark has that lethal weapon in his hand for a little bit and then puts it in his pocket and you're like, what are you doing? <laughs> so yeah, I, I agree. I think that's the biggest disappointment. 100%. All right, my next one for you, Chip is love it or leave it. Your biggest concern about the team during the bye week is morale.
0: I'm, I'm going to leave this. <laughs> I'm not I'm not concerned about the morale. I do think this team is more together than people think. Um, my my concern is about the mindset. And Steve Sarkeesian, he needed to have a flamethrower conversation with this football team, not ripping them, but telling them, we're going to be this. We are going to be a physically dominating running team in the second half of games. And defensively, if you are not trying to take you know if you're not swarming to the football you're coming off the field i don't care i don't care if we have to play walk-ons yeah. if i see you you know thinking your teammate has made the tackle you're coming off the field mm-hmm. and and you need to play plays in front of everybody so everyone knows who so that that kid is like never again never again and and rally the troops that's what steve Sarkeesian, um. You know, that's my biggest concern is you know, changing the mindset as you go back out on the road. They cannot hang their heads again, Taylor. If if we see them go out to play K-State and they look shaky and penalties and no, you know, busted cover, man, that that's gonna really be tough to overcome. Then my biggest concern will be morale. Yeah. But right now it's just adjusting that mindset to, because they're a good football team. I mean, they're they doing are. a lot of good things and they have some really good players at key positions, adjust the mindset. That's my biggest uh, concern to more of an attack mindset. How about you? Tara? Yeah,
1: no, I, I think, I think you stated it perfectly. I totally agree with that. And and when you say, you know, if you're thinking that a guy's going to make a play, if you're thinking on the field, you're not playing full out. You know, you're like thinking is honestly probably one of the worst things you can do as a player, because it means that you are, you're hesitant, you're more timid and that's what you're seeing. And, you know, you see it almost seems time and again, and it's unfortunate. And yeah, I'd say mindset's the biggest thing. And, but at the same time, Chip, it has to start from Steve Sarkeesian. He's got to change his mindset in games when he has the lead, if he's being tentative or timid in his play calling or, you know, isn't putting the foot on the gas and is putting the foot on the brakes, the team is going to follow suit. And so that's got to change from the top down. So I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to leave it with you saying that um, mindset has to be the number one thing, because you're right. Texas is a good football team. Like you can, you can hate the Longhorns all you want, but if you watch them play, you're like, dang, there are some really, really talented elite players that are going to have long careers in the NFL on this roster. And, you know, you have one of the best players in college football on your team for four more games guaranteed, and that's it. And it's like you, you, you gotta, you've got to change your mindset if you're Steve Sarkeesian, and the, it's got to trickle down into the locker room too.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to get the ball into B. John Robinson's hands every chance I get in the second half of football games. That's yeah. what Mac Brown did with Ricky Williams. That's what the great, the great, the great players want, the ball. Right. They want to make the play that's going to win the game. They they believe they can. Bijan yeah. Robinson knows he can. He did it in that game last week. So
1: yeah, and yeah. he, the only road win that Texas has had, true road game that Texas right. has won under Steve Sarkisian, Bijan Robinson won that game in the fourth quarter. He ran the ball co- continuously, and he didn't go away for Steve Sarkisian didn't go away from it. If if it means that Bijan has to have more than thirty carries, Bijan needs to have more than thirty carries because He's good enough to be that workhorse. He has shown it in the only win in Steve Sarkisian's time at Texas on the road. And it's like that never continues. And it's like, Sark, history is repeating itself in a negative way. Go back to the first road, you know, when a Big 12 play and follow that script because he's, he's a guy that you want the ball in his hands at the end of the games, in my opinion. Yep. All right. Final one for you. Love it or leave it. Texas finally ends its five game losing streak in true road games against Kansas State on November 5th.
0: I said, I wouldn't predict Texas wins a road game until they win one. Um, so I I just, I'm tempted though to love this because I, I do think that Sark has to have addressed some of this. And I think he has, cause he told us he did, uh, on Monday and coming out of the bye week uh, knowing what's on the line, having the horrible taste of the Oklahoma state loss. I have to think the resolve of this football team is going to be such that they scratch claw, you know, crawl on broken glass to get a win at K state. And before the season, I said, this was a loss. Like, this was one of my four losses. Um. Uh, I'm an idiot. I'm gonna. I'm gonna love this. I'm gonna love this, Taylor. I think Texas wins this game. Um. I think they have the resolve, and they get it done. It. And and if Daniel Green is out on that defense, I think that defense is suddenly gettable. How about you?
1: I. So before the season, I said that Texas was going to lose the Oklahoma State game. I changed my prediction for that game, and I was wrong by changing it. I, before the season, thought that Texas would lose to Kansas State. I'm not going to change that prediction until I see a road win, honestly. And I know I sound like Debbie Downer. I I hope I'm wrong, honestly, because let's be honest, sometimes on Horns 24-7, it's not really fun on the message board after <laughs> losses, and uh, especially in the way that Texas has lost these road games this season with having the lead in the second half only to lose it again, just like they had last season in a lot of those games too. I, I'm going to, until I see it, I, I've got to say that I think Kansas State's a really good team. They're definitely, the depth is an issue on K-State. That was an issue going into the season. It was like if they have an injury at any key position, they're in trouble. However, Texas has historically not played well in Manhattan, Kansas. Um, you know, they've, I, I don't know off the top of my head what their road record is there, but I don't think they have a winning road record yet um, in Manhattan, Kansas. And until I see it show up, I can't, I can't really think it is at this point. I mean, you know, one in six, right? And true, or yeah, one in yeah, six one in, in six road and true
0: road games under Sarkeesian. Under,
1: yeah, that's. It's hard to shake. So prove me wrong. I will say that prove me wrong here. But I'm going to leave this and say that they will not end their five-game losing streak.
0: Yeah, and Texas has actually won their last two in Manhattan. Mm-hmm. Believe Tom you. Herman. Yeah, his yep. team. Tom Herman won those two games.
1: Yeah. Hey, the the last win was Bijan Robinson's coming out party too. Yeah. Twenty twenty. Yeah. Sark, watch that tape and give Bijan Robinson the ball.
0: (laughs) I mean, you don't think Bijan Robinson wants to shove it up Deuce Vaughn's mouth guard? I mean, you got the two best running backs in the conference going head-to-head in that game. Bijan Robinson, just give them the football. Just jet sweeps, whatever it takes. 30 touches. Let... Bichon Mustardson, deliver that victory for you.
1: Put some mustard on it. Let's do it.
0: That's good mustard, too. It's got a little horseradish taste to it.
1: I haven't tried it yet. I'm going to have to. Good. It's good. I may have to. My mom loves Bijan Robinson. She, He is like her favorite player of all time, so I may have to send her some of that, too.
0: Yeah, it takes. You have to like order it, and it takes a minute to get there because you can't. It's like sold out everywhere, but it's good. It's good. Is that I gotta Central
1: give it to
0: Market? got to give it to him all right taylor is that uh
1: central market too though isn't it there they sell it there
0: yeah i think so yeah i think so we need to make it um there. my wife bought it and it comes in a really funny box funny package where like Bijan's trying to talk to you and then he keeps answering the door and it's funny <laughs> i mean it's it's clever yeah it's almost worth ordering for the box so um all right, taylor is that it that's it all right well listen everybody appreciate the uh the mailbag live format today that was fun uh, maybe we'll do this more often yeah a um, lot of a lot of good questions a lot of good good uh back and forth today thanks everybody for listening to the uh the live mailbag version of the flagship podcast uh, for Taylor Estes, I'm Chip Brown. Until next time, we'll see you over at Horns247.com. Until then, stay safe and keep the faith.
1: NTV's official Challenge Podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level.